0: Welcome to Friendly Fire Show episode 147 for the first week of November. I am one of your hosts, Steve from Stiviver, and with me is...
1: Ben from Stiviver.
0: Welcome back, dude. You've been on like a whirlwind trip.
1: It's been a long time. I've missed the whole holiday period, so all of these amazing games came out and people complained about things and people loved things and I didn't play any of them. So uh, that's quite rare. I haven't done that for a long time. Just sat back... Yeah, that's true. You're
0: better off for it. You're better off for it, dude. Maybe. It's, <laughs> it's it's
1: it's felt like a smaller year. It hasn't been as busy as previous ones, but we're not done, of course. Uh, but yeah, I had a month no, of not. no games. I had a Switch with me and I played it maybe twice on the train twice uh, and that's it. So I'm refreshed, that ready to just, go.
0: Was that because you just don't like playing Switch on the go or because your significant other was getting mad at you for playing the Switch? or Two combinations or three.
1: Well, so it works pretty well on a train. Uh, so when you're moving around Europe, you know, you take a train everywhere and the Switch kind of fits that. On a plane, I don't know about you, but I find I don't have enough space. So like even on like an aisle or a window seat where you don't have someone on one side, it's it's hard to kind of fit the, like your elbows up to get it in front of your face. So I find it really uncomfortable on a plane. But that's I struggle
0: with the battery life. Like it's not not that it's a bad battery life, but it's... A, a finite battery life and I don't like mm. having all the cords kind of connected everywhere to try to recharge the thing. So well, the new one has downfall. fixed that.
1: But yeah true, but
0: I don't like it, so I don't want it and I'd like having detachable Joy-Cons.
1: The uh well not that, even that one, the revised version of the main switch has like a seven or oh, eight hour, an hour battery right. now. Uh yeah. But yeah, the other problem on a plane is you're so jammed in and like your knees hit the seat in front of you that I have nowhere to put it. Like I can't put it in the back pocket because I need that space. That four centimeters is vital. So, yeah, I didn't. I don't really like switch when I travel.
0: There you go. Do you want to talk about where you went, or is like, do you not care that people care or want no. to know, or I Be- don't know if they do want to know.
1: People don't care. But this is my first non-games related <laughs> trip since 2011. So every other trip overseas since then, I've done something games related, and I'm not complaining. Like we get to travel a lot doing this. Uh, and quite often tack on a holiday at the end. I know you go see your family a lot when you have to go anywhere near Canada, so uh, yeah. it's it's a perk. But on the other side, it was nice just to not have to worry about doing all this work as well uh, or play any games. So that's also why I didn't really play much because it was, it's good to have a little break sometimes. Uh There's a
0: break. I like
1: that. It's a break from uh, constant Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. So it's good for the mind.
0: That's true. And you've, you've played some stuff since you've been back anyway, so it's not like you... Mm completely missed games like, I know you've played COD is there anything else that you've I've playing? dabbled we might as well like
1: yeah we'll get to COD I've played a little Outer Worlds but not much uh, just to see what it was like uh, I have played uh, Ghost Recon not now but I played about 4 hours at E3 before everyone started to hate it Uh it's pre-launch <laughs> And that's about it. I played like 10 minutes of Luigi's Mansion. I was going to kind of pause it and play it later maybe because um, there's a little period now where stuff's coming out. There's going to be Pokemon, there'll be Star Wars, and I thought maybe I'll save Luigi for my January game. But uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: So this literally is just me telling you about video games at at this point. Mm. All the video Uh, games you
1: love. Uh...
0: (laughs) Definitely loved them all. Absolutely loved every single one of them uh when did you leave that's a that's a good question
1: uh the twenty ninth of September and I returned on the twenty fifth of October so a big chunk of the uh yeah
0: oh God, okay, so we're not gonna talk about uh switch releases that have already been out on other platforms. we're not going to talk about Red Dead redemption two because that is the same kind of boat not on switch though but on p c as opposed to console so I guess if I have to tell you about all the games that you haven't been playing since you've been gone, I should start with Ghost Recon Breakpoint.
1: Yeah, well, I have played a little of that one, and I really liked what I played, but as I said, it was three hours or four hours in a confined, confined, um, really controlled space, so I did not get the full launch experience. So what happened?
0: Well, it, it, it's not buggy, it's not gross, it's just a, a lot more Ghost recon in a world, in a world uh, where I feel like I've just played through the, the Division Two, and it's very tactical shooter, do headshots on people, go to point A, go to point B, be military guy. Um, so like, it's not buggy, it's not gross, it's just kind of like Ubisoft game with Ubisoft game fatigue where it's just the stuff that you've been doing and doing and doing. Um The map is gigantic but there's not a lot of stuff to do from point to point to point to point. So I was just jumping in a helicopter and kind of flying to my next objective, shooting things, getting loot, comparing numbers, going, oh, this has a better gun than the one I have, equipping it, getting in the helicopter, flying to the next thing. So like as a game, if that's what you like doing, more power to you, but like there you know it's it's just bland i guess is the best way to put it did i answer your question or did i kind of just talk around it i don't know
1: yeah that made sense
0: good let's leave it at that um the other game after that as far as i can tell on the reviews list is ukulele in the impossible lair which was actually way better than i thought it was going to be um so platonic made the original ukulele which was a 3d homage to, like, Banjo-Kazooie, basically. And it was a pretty good game in itself. Uh, but then they made this random decision to kind of make it a 2.5D uh, game instead. So more akin to a Donkey Kong Country, I guess, than a, a Banjo-Kazooie. Um, and it's actually really, really good. So there's this kind of premise of the Impossible Lair, um, and it is literally an impossible lair. Uh, you will have two chances normally to go through it and get hit before you die. So Laylee uh, is the bat. If you get hit once, she will kind of freak out and fly away. And if you don't pick her back up, you get hit another time and then you die. Um, but the kind of conceit around that is there's a whole bunch of little battalions in the overworld which you can go and complete a level to gain one of. Uh, And the idea is each battalion member that you obtain acts as like a shield, so you can get hit one more time or one more time after that um, to kind of help you progress through said impossible lair. So there's like the overworld, which lets you kind of go and explore and get extra battalion members and, you know, find little secrets. And then there's like little worlds within that you jump into and actually complete a level to you know, progress, um, and then there's this kind of weird switching mechanic. So you can basically take one level and make it a secondary version of that same level by freezing it, or you know, submerging it in water, or setting it on fire. So you know, like each level has two different play states rather than just the one. Um, it's really, really fun. Actually, it's super challenging. The impossible layer is like nigh on impossible, um, and it's just kind of like a really fun game to explore. Seems like How something that for... they'd be better at,
1: yeah. Because they, yeah, no, it's really fun. They went for the 90s style 3D platformer, and there's a reason no one except for Nintendo has continued to do that. So, the side scroller seems like you could make a better game like that now. Is that kind of a fair comment?
0: Yeah, and as we like see with the, like the medieval remaster or re-release, no, it was a remaster, um, where it was like super. Uh, what's the word I want? I don't know. It was it was very it yeah. honored the the shitty PS1 camera in a you know like a, a a one of the original kind of 3D games and it turned out to be a mess cuz the camera's broken and you hate it. The same was kind of true for the original ukulele it's kind of like yeah we've moved past this it's not quite the right way to be making a game in this day and age. So I think I think it was a smart move actually. I was kind of thinking the worst of uh what it would represent but it was actually pretty good i just thought oh you they're making it two and a half d they're cutting corners and they're not you know dumping as much money into this game as the last one but i was completely wrong it was very fun i would recommend it okay i'm looking forward to it uh well good ghostbusters the video game back in the saddle that's the title of the review uh it's a game that got re-released it's really fun not talking about it if you like the original you'll still like this one it's kind of in the same vein of medieval where uh the same problems from the original persist in this re-release for good or for bad um ben did you know that destiny 2 is a video game i vaguely heard of it i think uh yeah (laughs) did you know it's free to play and you could just play most of it right now without having to spend any money is it free to play i didn't actually know that Uh, So there's a new version called New Light, which gives you everything up to Forsaken for free. Uh, And then you can buy the Forsaken expansion and or the Shadowkeep expansion. Um, But even with the paid stuff, there's a bunch of things like the Crucible and Strikes that you just get for free as a free-to-play player. Um, Shadowkeep is the first thing we've seen from Bungie now that they are the keepers of Destiny 2. Um, So there's no Activision influence, and it's already leaps and bounds better than Destiny 2 was under Activision. Which isn't to say it was all Activision's fault, but Bungie is kind of like, you know, they're the keepers of the keys. They have exactly the ability and the power to do whatever they want. So there's been huge changes to the way that armor drops, to the way that you um, earn and can apply cosmetics. There's so much to talk about, I'm not going to even give it a a red hot go, but uh, Hamish wrote a really, really good review. um, Not only talking about the new Shadowkeep content, but what destiny is now because of uh the change um let me put it this way to you you Ben. i have all the achievements in destiny 2 yep i have still put like 60 hours into destiny 2 since shadow keep came out how have you
1: found the time to do that amongst all these other games well then
0: let me tell you something that i hope people at work don't find out about uh because of this new cross save uh functionality that they've implemented in the game Cross progression works between PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, provided you have purchased the appropriate content. So, I haven't bought anything on PS4, but I got a code for, PlayStation, for Xbox One and I bought the expansion on Steam because Destiny 2 has now moved from Battle.net to Steam. So, I can play the entire game on PC or on Xbox and I can jump between each to do so. So, if I have like an hour free at lunch at work, My computer works good enough that I can play Destiny, and it's probably better than playing on my Xbox, to be honest. So I've gotten in some time there, I've gotten in some time at home, um, because I can now play with people like Hamish, who's, you know, hardcore PC. I can jump on the PC version of the game on my Surface and play with him for a bit. I can jump on the Xbox version with my friends in Saskatoon on the weekend, um, and I'm just kind of bouncing between platforms, continuing to progress the same character, and it's really, really fun. Well, so it's good.
1: I'll take your word for it. What I'm... I mean, I did like Destiny 2 at the beginning. I just cannot be bothered doing the expansion. So what I'm more curious about is before they were splitting with Bung- with Activision, it seemed like they were going to go down the Destiny 3, Destiny 4 path because that is very Activision. The whole uh, keep making us more money. But are we just going to stick with Destiny 2 for a long time now, do you think?
0: I think so. And I think when we... When it comes time to maybe think about a Destiny 3... Um, and we're kind of delving into some news. So you can talk about this if you're uh, up across it. Overwatch 2 is a really good example of a game as a service evolving and progressing whilst not um, like losing any of the original player base. So uh, at BlizzCon, Overwatch 2 is announced. It's going to be basically Overwatch 1 with some, some extra stuff. Um, and like, you know, like a story-based mode some campaign stuff, but all the maps, all the game modes, all the cosmetics that you've earned will just come across. Um, so it is a sequel, but it's kind of a better sequel than destiny one to destiny two was. So destiny two started off with like, Oh, you've lost all your stuff. That's just how it works. Oops. Like start again from scratch where like overwatch one to overwatch two is kind of just like we've. Upgraded some stuff and it's a nicer engine. It's gonna work with Project Scarlet and PS5. So, like, we'll just kind of transition this way. So, I think sequels will go that route. I don't think that Bungie needs to do that with Destiny 2 just yet because it runs, like, super smooth on PC. Um, and it's no slouch on Xbox One and PS4. So, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be that upset if they made a Destiny 3 and just kind of let you progress properly and all the content came across with you and you're just kind of getting a new engine and some better bells and whistles but um we'll see did i answer your question or am i rambling i feel um, like i'm rambling today
1: rambling but that's stand for this show uh <laughs> but th- this was always going to happen with games as a service they didn't really know how to monetize it because it it clashed with the traditional publisher cycle of here's some new content it's either dlc which you pay for or it's a whole new game which you pay for and overwatch is a good good example there was never a set end date, whereas, I mean, it's the same company, Activision Blizzard, but the Call of Duty is coming out every single year, they've got that planned out, there's no intention for you to have only one Call of Duty, they want you to buy a new one every year, so what yeah. are they going to do? And Activision have now seen what's happened by totally relaunching Destiny with Destiny 2, so they've gone the other way with Overwatch, and it's it's probably trial and error, just see what the fan base will pay for, because ultimately they want money, but then what makes them stick around, which is what they want with a service, so... You don't want a game where someone just jumps off after 18 months because we get bored of it.
0: Uh, oh, definitely. And, like, you look at EA right now, like, they're not putting on a Battlefield uh, next year because they're going to focus on Apex Legends, which is, like, that game as a service. We're just going to... That's our shooter. We're not going to worry about a Battlefield. We're not going to do a Battlefront. We're just going to do Apex Legends. And who knows what, you know, like, the next Battlefield will look like if they kind of take it more in that vein or if they just do the, you know... Every year, every second year release.
1: They've kind of doubled down on Battlefield Five now, and they're giving it more content than they have previously, so it's kind of like, there's our Battlefield. If you want to play, we have a great one right here. We don't need another one straight away. And that's a good way to go, I think.
0: I think so, too. Um, I could talk about Destiny 2 for ages, but I'm not going to. Um, Concrete Genie is next on my list. Uh, Are you familiar with it?
1: Never heard of that. Is that a game?
0: It is? Yes, Then, <laughs> Sure, in this gaming podcast, we're talking about <laughs> games. Um, it's a PS4 exclusive by the same guys who did something, and I forget what it is, so I'm going to cheat and stall for time as I click into my review. Ah, um, it's by Sony first-party studio called Pixel Opus, who did Entwined a while ago. Like a really pretty, oh, yeah. colorful, like a little uh, kind of indie-style game. Concrete Genie is much the same. Um, it's about a kid who has a giant paintbrush and he can kind of like paint graffiti on walls and have some of the graffiti come to life in the form of said concrete genies. Um, you can spawn different colored genies to like set fire to obstacles so you can progress through the game or I can't remember anymore. It's been like a month and I forget, but it's, it's, it's kind of cute. It reminds me a lot of, um, like, the graffiti kind of stuff in Jet Set Radio. But it's uh, not, like, a roller skating game where you go and grind off things. It's just, like, a really cute little game about, like, a rundown city and you're kind of, like, painting graffiti in, like, really pretty neon colors and patterns to, like, make, you know, like, really pretty-looking artwork. Um, And you can also, like, paint uh, strings of lights to kind of get through the game as well. So you're, like bringing light back to this community. You're, you know, livening it up. And there's this kind of, like, um, sub-thread of bullying that's kind of woven through the story as well. So you're bullied uh, as the title character of Ash. But eventually you start kind of engaging with the bullies and figuring out why they're so horrible. And, you know, like, you find out that, you know, like, this kid's being abused by his dad or whatever. And, like, it's letting you look at the other side of the bully and, you know, trying to connect you know, the bullied and the bullying. Um And it does it pretty well, to be honest. It's it's a fairly short game. It's really, really fun. And it's kind of one of those ones that you just kind of play and sit back and relax. So I highly recommend it. And I just want to <laughs> make that very clear, Ben. I oh, gave a very good it. score in the month of October to a Sony game exclusive to PS4. And I don't know why that's coming up, but I just wanted to make that very clear. Well, what score did you give it? Uh, an 8.5. That's an excellent very, very score. Good. And very it's 40 high. bucks. It's like super cheap. It's a good score. It's a good game. Uh, I do actually recommend it quite highly.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, no one's going to pay any attention to that recommendation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not that I'm salty about people being salty. Um, how about John Wick? Uh, ben, are you a fan?
1: I'm a fan. I've seen the three movies. I was also just thinking the other day, they take place over like four or five days or something. So he is pretty beat up at the end of the third one. Pretty how much, and he's like beat up player. by
0: the end of the first one, if we're being honest. But yeah, I
1: don't know how he keeps going. The man's 55 years old, so...
0: what's well, it's Keanu Reeves, you... he can do anything. Yeah, that's He got tricky. his screen time doubled in Cyberpunk 2077, we've just heard, so... He's keen for action.
1: Well, he So had a much very action. So much action. The, the people loved him, so I can see why <laughs> they'd do that. You could see that well, mid-Xbox conference. I'm sure CD Projekt Red were in the background saying, More Keanu, we need more... <laughs>
0: Well, he is after. pretty breathtaking. And so too, Ben, is the PC game exclusive to the Epic Game Store called John Wick Hex. Um, man, I didn't realize how many games I've reviewed since you've been gone. Like, we're not yeah, even we're halfway through. Uh, um, John Wick like Hex Miami is really, really, thing, really right? good. I'm so tired, Ben. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, John Wick Hex is really, really good. It's like a, a top-down um strategy game where you control John. So it's not like a first person shooter. It's not like a a brawler or anything. It's like a point and click, figure out what you want to do type game. So you can click to move John around the map. As bad guys come, you can um, decide to shoot them or you can get in close and, you know, punch them or you can do a takedown, which will like knock them out. Um, And as you're playing through the game, you have like a John timeline, at the top of the screen. And then you also have, like, another bar above that, which has the enemy timeline, which shows their actions. And you can kind of gauge your timeline and their timeline to see who will, like, finish their action first. So if you decide to start punching a guy, but he is going to shoot you, and you can see that the bullet's going to hit you before you can punch him, like, you're probably going to get staggered, and you might not even punch, but you've been shot. So it's it's this cool, like, strategic time management game where you need to be as lethal and as efficient as you possibly can be, um, and when you're playing, you can kind of feel that already. That it's it's very much like the very tactical, efficient um, action sequences in John Wick, where he's you know like doing the one shot, the one shot, and then you know like maybe as he walks by, he'll like you know do a double tap to get him in the head just to make sure they're dead. And he's just always kind of very like you know he's always watching. He's very aware of what he's doing. Um, so it's cool enough in that respect, but then when you finish a level, you have the option to play it back in kind of like a cinematic style, which takes your actions and your movements and like swings the camera down. So it's more like, you know, like a a cutscene in a, a game or a movie and it just shows you doing what you did to get through the level, but like in a very stylized way that looks like. It could be from a John a John Wick movie so it's like really really cool in that sense and it's super difficult as you continue getting through it like you need to really really plan out what you're doing or you'll die Um, I didn't think it was gonna be as much fun as it was it was super fun Um, and I uh, once again highly recommend it Ben
1: well that's good people were (coughs) raving at E3 about it so I didn't play it there but I didn't really think to People were saying it was amazing Uh, And it did make me think that John Wick is one of the only movie franchises where it would really work as a game because it would make sense. You get shot 50 times, but you're still alive and you kill 500 people and that's what John Wick does. So you don't need to make any excuses for it.
0: Yeah, no, it's really good. And like there's bandages and there's something called focus. So you can just stop and like bandage your wounds up because you do have a health meter. You can get shot a couple times, but you will die. But you can like mitigate the health or the loss of health. And then there's also kind of like a focus meter. So every move you take also depletes the focus. So eventually you'll just have to kind of stand there and shake your head to kind of get your head back in the game. It's just, it's really cute. (laughs) Um, And it gets compared to super hot quite a bit because it's that kind of like stop and think, plan your actions. Um, And like, that's a, that's a fairly accurate comparison as well. It's, it's kind of like a top down uh, RTS with, a lot of super hot aesthetics, which is really, really fun and really cool. So Mike Bithell did that. um, And it's super neat. Is
1: there any hope of it coming to consoles?
0: Um, it could like we're getting, um, Civ six on Xbox and PS4 in the next week or so. I think I can't remember exactly when it comes out. Maybe it's already out by now. Um, so like it, it would be a little bit more fiddly, I think than a point and click kind of interface, but it wouldn't be, It wouldn't be hard to do. Uh, Good Shepherd has published it. Um, So I'm not sure if that's a limitation or if it was just kind of designed for PC or bust. But um, I'd play it on Xbox again. Especially for damn achievements. Of course. That's not me. Now, what else did you (laughs) play? Well, Overwatch came out on Switch. Um, Not going to talk about it in great detail, but uh, it's one of those games where it's been... It works on Switch, but it doesn't work as well on Switch as it would, you know, like on a a console or PC. So if you are dead set to play Overwatch on the go, by all means, pick it up. Um, But it is a completely online title, so you have to play it on the go, maybe tethered to your phone. So I don't know. I I just don't quite understand uh, the appeal of it. But Hmm. if you do, more power to you. If you're playing at home, though, and it's docked and you're playing on the TV... Get it on any other platform, because it looks like garbage. That's
1: pretty much any game on Switch. If you're not planning to play it handheld, then probably get it somewhere
0: else. Yeah.
1: No offense, Switch owners.
0: (laughs) Ben, you can talk for once, and I'm just going to have like a giant long sip of beer. Uh, How much time have you had with your Xbox Elite Controller Series 2?
1: Uh, Two days I've had. Now, I'm a big fan of the Elite Series 1. I have two of them. Both of them broke, so both, not broke, but both of them had the rubber grips peel off, setting them to Microsoft, and now one of them is having that again, and one of them has a loose um, joystick, so four controllers and four faulty controllers, I would say, is the only downside of that controller. It's, it's excellent, it's much better to play with, I struggle to play with a normal controller now, but it does break eventually. So, yeah. The biggest thing that I want to know about the Elite Series 2 is, have they fixed it? I'm not going to know for a year or two, because that is when the warranty runs out, and that's when I expect it to break. So, uh, hopefully not.
0: Uh, I think, so, like, the two big problems that came with the original were that the um, the grips kind of fell off, which yeah. never happened to me at all. But I have I have broken, as you said, I've gone through four as well. I've broken four right bumpers by, like, something snapped in them, and then the bumper's just gone
1: So it must be play style or something, how you hold it makes these faults because people seem to have the same problem and you get a new Mm. one back and you have the same thing happen. So it must be how you hold it. It was just dodgy glue on like the grips and for a $200 controller, you don't expect that to happen. So to their credit, Microsoft have replaced, they replaced mine like two, two and a half years after I got them. So that's good Mine too.
0: But, but it's that thing where, like, is it because that, like, they know that we do what we do, or is it just because we're customers of Microsoft? Like, I'm always uh, kind of leery about that. That one to was be a customer.
1: I, I mean, I was when they both broke at the same time, pretty much. I was willing to go through the uh, back channel, direct to Xbox people that I know, but I didn't. I just did it as a normal customer warranty, and it got sorted pretty easy. So I don't think so.
0: But is the uh, uh, email associated with your account flagged as a Games Journal? And I'm willing to bet it is. Um, well
1: yes, at some point, yes.
0: I don't know. So I'm like I'm not I'm to, like, but benefit of the doubt, I don't know, but like I've I've done the same thing. I've done a couple through like Microsoft, it's broken, fix it. And like just going to the support page and lodging a claim even though it was past like the warranty. So anyway, I'll shut up. What do you think about this new one so far? You know like, obviously we can't go in the future and figure out if the That's true. bumper button still works, but like what do you reckon? What do you think about it so far?
1: Um, so it's a little more expensive. It's 250 which is getting up there for a controller. Initially, when I first held it, I thought something's like it doesn't feel right. And it's just because it feels different. So it doesn't quite feel the same as the Elite. They've changed how the grips work. The rubber now goes around the whole thing. So I assume that's to fix it peeling off because now that it's around the whole way, it can't peel off anything. It's the whole thing is rubber. Um, and when I first held it, it kind of the first hour I saw so I was playing with it, it kind of felt like I had something sticky on my hand, and I don't know if that's just the it's new and it needs to be used a bit, but I don't know. It felt a little strange. Having said that, I picked up my normal Elite controller today. We're only two days later, and now that felt weird. So it's that, <laughs> it's that movement where I can't really use both of them now. I'm going to have to commit to one because the paddles on the back are also a different size. Uh, yeah. So they're much better. They're clickier. They feel more responsive. Straight away, I've had to take two of them off because I've only ever used two and I've just decided my brain cannot learn four. Like I've committed to learning two and I just cannot learn four, so I'm sticking with the two. Um, I know that kind of defeats purpose because this one adds the shift key in. So if you want, you can make a paddle a shift key and then you can make any button have a second functionality. And if you're a pro at pretty much any game, I'm sure that would give you a massive advantage, but I just don't have it in me to learn two sets of controls for a game.
0: I haven't used a single paddle ever. I I am kind of kind of scared to admit at this point now.
1: Well, I finally have a screenshot button because what I realized when I was setting this up is I didn't use the Xbox Accessories app since I set up my Elite years ago and they have updated it quite a bit. So now you can map actions to the buttons as well as buttons. Uh, and I map my left and right sticks to the buttons, to the paddles, because I just hold that down and you normally have like a stab button or something on the right stick. So just having that underneath works really well for me then I realized like left stick click is nothing so I've set that to screenshot now and I've, I've fixed Microsoft's biggest problem for them because they refuse to put a screenshot button on but you can map it now
0: that's super smart I'm going to get you to write something about how to do your uh, your favorite mapping I reckon
1: well mine's pretty basic dude, so I'm only going with that's... the two but it, it works well and it works for almost every game so because most games have left stick is sprint right stick is melee attack or crouch. Uh, yeah, that's all I really need. Uh, so yeah, that's my go. And now I've got a screenshot button as I say, and I used it for the first time in Call of Duty. I had to stop and think, which one did I make screenshot and which one did I make record? <laughs> but uh, in time, I'm sure I'll get that. But yeah, I like it. The only thing I don't like now is the uh, the Xbox Home button. Is, it's like a click button. It doesn't I don't know, it doesn't feel the same as the old one. Oh, I um, kind
0: of like it now that I've used it more often than not.
1: I think I'll get used to it too, but I just I haven't got there yet and I'm just yeah, I'm not sure if I pressed it or not cuz it's
0: yeah. But yeah. Well, the I'm- my my controllers are so old and so used that I kind of have to like mash that button normally to get it to work to take a screenshot and I know this one's I like, just like I I can rely on it now that I can tr- like now that I've trained my brain to trust it if that makes sense yeah but it's getting out of bad habits that you've formed with the old controllers and into like these new habits i suppose um so you've talked about the the shift button there's like three hair uh trigger settings on the triggers so you used to have like a little button where you could depress it or you could you know flick it down and have like a shorter press now you can do that two stages so like full mid and low um, there's also three profiles if you want to set up different profiles for different games and you can toggle between those with a button press on the, uh, controller. What else is new? It's a uh, completely rechargeable battery list. So it has an internal battery that is charged by a USB C cable, which is also really cool. Um, and it also comes with a, uh, like little stand slash charger that, uh, that's how I charge thing. now.
1: Yeah, me too. You just put your controller down and it, it lights up and tells you if it needs to control. You don't need to plug it in. That's how lazy we're getting. That plugging in the thing is like, oh, no, I can't be able to do that. But you just rest your controller on the dock and
0: it charges for you. So, Well, and it's really like easy that. just to kind of... I used to just set it down on the desk and I set it down on the dock on the desk and it's charging overnight. Whereas I went downstairs and was playing on the, the downstairs Xbox with Matt's old Elite controller now. Ugh. um. And it, you know, brought up the batteries are low prompt mm. on the Xbox. I'm like, oh, really? Because I haven't had that with the new Elite because I've just been like setting it on the dock at night. So when I play next, it's fine. Um, the dock also fits in the little carrying stand. And there's like a little hole at the top of the carrying stand where you can just plug a USB connection straight into it. So you've like, you know, you can have your controller in the carrying stand on the dock being charged which is like, I don't think I'd ever do that myself. I don't really take my controller many places, but it's a cool little
1: yeah, side thing so do. Yeah, getting so dirty, I guess. The only yeah. problem long-term is now the battery is stuck in there. So if I'm going to use this with Scarlett for another three or four years, the battery is going to wear down eventually and you can't replace it. So with Xbox, I've always just used the Xbox brand rechargeable battery that you plug into your console. But once they start to wear down, you can replace it for like 20 bucks. Now we don't oh, have yeah. that option. Now, PlayStation and Nintendo have both been doing this for ages. They don't seem to care, but it's just... Like, the DualShock 4 controller battery is awful, and if, mm. it might be worse than it was at launch because I've just used it so much now that it barely retains any charge. And, yeah, hopefully Microsoft offer a uh, here's a reasonably priced new battery option because they've taken that one little thing away.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, That's but very long-term thinking. Uh, and something other, I did... Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. You
1: used, the only other thing is the uh, sensitivity of the joystick control stick. So you can change it with three tensions, oh, I think. Yeah. Yep. Now they don't actually say anywhere what they are. So I'm pretty sure the loosest one, which is the default, is a normal Xbox, and two and three down are um, more tension, more resistance. So yeah, I haven't really played around with that too much because it just it seems like a, again you've got to learn how to play with totally different settings, and I don't know that I can be bothered.
0: Yeah, well, like, uh, Hamish, when he was playing Xbox Destiny 2 with me, he's like, oh, go into... And uh even Jamie, formerly from Nintendo, who's in my Destiny 2 clan, they're like, oh, man, you got to go into, like, the Destiny 2 settings and, like, change sensitivity to, like, this. And it's going to be awful for two weeks, but then you'll get used to it, and then you'll be a much better player. And I feel like it's the same kind of thing. Like, you'll play a game with whatever setting your controller's at, and you kind of just get used to it. You know, it might not be the right fit for you, but... I've just kind of played like, oh, I need to just, you know, that's how it is. I just need to work around it. Um, and I feel like if you start going and changing the controller setting, not like in a game, but like in the controller, it's that yeah. same kind of thing. There's a learning curve and you got to figure it out.
1: You'd have to commit. You'd have to say, all right, I want to have the second tension. I'm going re- to miss heaps of headshots in whatever game I'm playing. I'm going to get killed a lot. Um, I actually was uh, switching around mid-game in Call of Duty to try to see if there was any difference, which is probably the wrong thing to do, and I kind of liked the middle one. And then I played Outer Worlds for a little while, and it felt like I was walking through mud, and I had to change it back to the default because it was like, I, I can't use this. It's so slow and unresponsive. Uh, so, yeah, it would take time to relearn how to use that. But maybe you would become a better, better player if you commit.
0: Yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, let's keep going. Uh, you mentioned the Outer Worlds. In the uh, Survivor re- review list, that's like next. so Because uh, I like hearing the sound of your voice, Ben, and I've missed you so. Uh, yeah. What do you think so far of what you've played?
1: Well, I, most of what i played is character creation and um, <laughs> the first tutorial where you basically get your weapon and talk to a bunch of people. So that is it. Um, yeah, it feels like a Bethesda game, which is... What you would expect from the city so
0: they've come it feels from... like a bethesda game but it's a colorful bethesda game and not just i guess i've not i'm not really a skyrim guy or a elder scrolls guy so i'm like a fallout dude so everything's yeah. usually just like it's like the call of duty gray and brown and shit this is, is like
1: colorful the the color reminds me of uh no man's sky and it might be because there's a giant satin right in your vision in the very first place you land uh but it Yeah, I got that vibe from it. Like, let's make everything colorful and fun. And uh, I have no idea what's going on story-wise because I just didn't pay that much attention. Um, But yeah, it it seems... A lot of people are raving and a lot of people are saying, I'm surprised I'm not more into it because it seems like my type of game. So I haven't heard anyone say it's bad. All I've heard is people loving it or people saying, I'm surprised I'm not loving it.
0: I'm Uh, super... I gave it a 9.5. I'm super into it. Um, It is like a colorful sci-fi and as as we found later in the month like i gave mass effect andromeda a good score too because i like sci-fi um i like sci-fi i like um games like fallout this is by obsidian who did fallout new vegas which is it wasn't one of my favorite fallout games i kind of think fallout 3 is still my favorite but new vegas is a lot of people's favorite fallout game um so they know how to they know how to do the formula so they've taken that formula put it into a sci-fi setting with, you know, like a no man's sky-esque aesthetic and made a really good RPG where you get to go and be your own character and run into these different factions and decide to you know, support this faction to screw over this one or vice versa and your actions have consequences and you display your character all through this giant space opera and it's really fun. It's it's like a Bethesda game with a much much better engine um and without any bugs that I could really find. Um, it's just a really pleasant experience, <laughs> which I enjoy, and I'm really happy yeah. to just kind of go and spend some time in. So.
1: Well, it's the other game I was partially thinking, do I commit to it now or do I save it for that post-Christmas period where I've got a bunch of time, or at least you know a week between Christmas and New Year's to find something to do? Uh, and I normally save a game for that week, so it's a potential candidate for that.
0: That's usually my Assassin's Creed week, but that's not going to happen this year. Which is, yeah, I didn't think of that. No, well, yeah, you've played absolutely everything that's come out,
1: so there's nothing left. Um...
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I had something else I wanted to say about it, but I completely forget.
1: Well, it's on Game Pass, so there's, if you haven't played it, oh, yeah. there's really no reason not to.
0: That's it, and this kind of came out a day after, for some unknown reason bethesda decided to put a 180 eighty dollar fallout 76 subscription on the market called Mm. fallout first where you can get some cosmetics and get a private server that is actually just a repurposed server so all the stuff that was in the server has already been looted by other people Um, but you get to pay for the privilege of being on it i'd already forgotten about that oh Uh, it's so stupid i can't believe bethesda is doing what bethesda is doing right now like they've they've burn through all of the goodwill they've earned over the last 10 years, just like in block one block. fell swoop, it's gone
1: I don't understand how it costs so much, it's like $24 a month or something Australian, it costs, Game Pass is 16 so so yeah. it doesn't make, like Netflix is like 14 or something, why is it so much? Why would anyone pay that? I, d- I don't understand what they're doing, I do notice the co- community manager of Bethesda happened to leave,
0: uh, maybe they just thought, oh no
1: yeah, well, <laughs>
0: um, I can't deal and with then, this. like, And I'm sure Microsoft is always going to market um, Outer Worlds and Fallout New Vegas on Game Pass anyway. But, you know, Bethesda's come out and said, Oh, hey, it's 180 bucks a year for this, like, ridiculous subscription for this game that no one likes. Surely this is a winner, guys, right? And Microsoft's just like, um, if you want two really good Obsidian games, one that is Fallout and one that is, like, essentially the next evolution of fallout um you know just pay a cheaper per month or per year fee and you get two games instead of a subscription to a game that doesn't even include the game like this stupid fallout subscription doesn't include access to fallout 76 you need to buy the game first and then buy the subscription it's It's mind doesn't make any sense
1: and that followed them saying, here's Doom Eternal. It's a great game. It looks like a great game. Uh, we're delaying that. Anyhow, we would like some money. So please subscribe. It's just, yeah, I don't understand. The last 12 months of Bethesda have made no sense to me. And before
0: that, they couldn't really do that much wrong. So weird things going on. The other thing you missed, Ben, um, is there was a giant, Preview opportunity for The Last of Us 2, um, that we sent, uh, Madam, Madam? No, Adam Matthew to. Uh, he wrote an amazing little preview for us. At that preview, they announced the release date for The Last of Us Part 2, uh, in February mm-hmm. 2020. And then like two weeks later, Naughty Dog has delayed The Last of Us 2 to May 2020, which is just a really weird, like, this weekend delay kind of news thing that i thought would be appropriate to bring up right now
1: when i first saw that i thought there's no way these people talking about a delay must be talking about the original release date must be later like the february one must be later than they originally said it was just so soon after that i thought there's no way anyone would especially a sony level publisher would announce a release date and then three weeks later say actually we need three more months like it's it's a Sometimes they delay a game by like two weeks or something just for logistics. It's but it's also not like a six month delay because it needs a lot of work. It's it's a weird one, and
0: I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, well, and sticking on the, I'm just injecting news into this Ben for some reason. Uh, Ubisoft came out with some financials. They're not happy with how Breakpoint is performing. Um, and related or not, they've said that they have pushed back. Uh, games including Gods and Monsters, which was announced E3 and was scheduled for February, that's been delayed. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion has been delayed. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine has been delayed, and I feel like there's one more that I forget, but they're kind of going to be pushed back later into the year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe are planned now for... Closer to a holiday 2020 release. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they also come out for Scarlet and PS5. Um, and, uh, Yves Guillemot said that some, if not all of these Ubisoft titles are going to, uh, support crossplay between different platforms. So, like, you know, it's, we're kind of nearing the end of a life cycle. It doesn't bother me if these come out on. Uh, current-gen and next-gen. I'll obviously pick them up on next-gen, given the chance. Um, and as long as they're kind of beefed up to look a bit nicer and perform a bit better on next-gen, doesn't seem like a loss, really. It's that kind of thing where, like, I'd rather play something late that's better than sooner than later that's worse.
1: And I'm sure they've factored that in when they... They didn't say when they're delaying it to on purpose. They said they're going to be out before April 21. So... They'll know that PlayStation and Xbox are both coming out probably in November, and they probably think we could delay these till September, October, and then release them again a month later to get the double dippers, which there will be a small amount of people. Or they could say, well, let's not piss people off again. Let's just release them one time on everything. Um, Or better yet, they could say buy it on current gen, if Sony and Xbox allow this, and you can play it on last gen because it's just like a PC now, so it doesn't matter which one you're playing on. You just need to buy the game once. That is my yep. play anyway. hope for next gen. I don't know if it will happen because they won't make as much money. But from a technical side, PS3 and uh, PS4 are very different. 360 and Xbox One are very different. But the next gen, architecture wise, is going to be pretty similar. So they could absolutely do it more like a PC. One copy for both.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, can I lightning round you for a little bit? Sure. Okay, good. Because we're, like, we're going pretty long for us. Um, not yeah. that we're going long like in general, but long for us. Uh, still lots more games to review, so I'm just going to give you some like really hot takes on a couple. Uh, super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD used to be on Wii, now is on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. They've got rid of motion controls, there used to be 50 minigames, now there's 10. Some of the 10 games are still shit, a lot of the ones that were super duper shit have been cut. It's better without motion control, it's pretty good, it's... Kind of a budget price game, but it's also coming out at the time of everything else. So, like, you know, if you're a super fan, play it. Otherwise, I don't know. Whatever. Um, After Party, which is by Night School Studios, who did Oxenfree. Amazing game. I think I gave it a 9. I'm pretty sure I gave it a 9. Oxenfree I really, really liked. It had really quirky... Uh, dialogue and a sense of humor, but like the controls are a bit weird and it took a long time to get into the good game. Um, After Party is the premise is pretty simple you die, you go to hell, you figure out you can challenge Satan in a drinking contest to potentially come back to the world of the living, and it just like starts like th- full throttle from there. Really, really fun. I love the sense of humor. Um, not overly difficult, um, but there's a lot of kind of branching paths that you can take. So you can do A or B and it like drastically affects what's uh, happening next. So it's really, really fun. Lots of potential for playthrough or not playthrough, repeat playthroughs. Um, not that I've done most of that because we're in this period and I've played 8 million thousand games, but it's really, really good. I do recommend it. It's on Game Pass for Xbox One, not for PC. Um... I think it's an No, I think it's a Epic Game Store exclusive, but I might be wrong. It's really, really good though. Um, do check it out. What else? Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 on Switch. It's a mini game factory. I don't really want to say anything unless you have any pressing questions about that. Then, no
1: questions. <laughs>
0: yes, um, the better Switch game is Luigi's Mansion 3, um, which is actually hilariously charming. I've never really played um, any Luigi's Mansion game to any great extent, but I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, Are you a Luigi's Mansion fan? I am. I think it's an
1: underrated Nintendo franchise, but we've only had two games before this, it's probably why. Uh, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. It looks really good. It looks like one of the best-looking Switch games, and, yeah, the the one puzzle i played at e3 was really cool so looking forward to it yeah
0: and and kind of like um like i was going to say after party not at all like after party i guess you are dead um and there's ghosts um like ukulele there's a lot of fun little puzzles to explore as you go through floor after floor of this mansion which like you know sometimes affect progress and sometimes just kind of are fun puzzles to come upon and solve so it's it's just really fun. Um, do recommend. It got me through many a train trip to and from uh, work. So did like it very much. Um, Need for Speed Heat. I'm going to hit up really quickly just because it's a review in progress as the time of recording. Um, theoretically, we'll get this podcast out before the review embargo in full hits. Um it is a game that is good and bad. I'm not entirely sure, and like this isn't a you know embargo breaking thing because I'm not actually sure what I think about it yet. Um, it's Ghost Games' fourth Need for Speed game. Uh, it's kind of a mix between Underground and Hot Pursuit and Most Wanted. So the premise is it's kind of split into day and night. So um, you're uh, an up and coming street racer. In the day, you race to get money. In the evening, you race to get reputation. Um, And in the evening, and in the day, you kind of like, you can piss off the cops and try to evade them and stuff. But in the daytime, the cops are like really, um, what's the word I want? They are subdued. That's not the right word, but it's, they're like lesser they're going to obey traffic laws. They're not really going to be that aggressive. In the evening, they're super aggressive. Um And if you can evade them or if you can total the, their cars, you build up something called a heat meter, which if you stack the multiplayer up on that, you get more reputation. So you're basically working two XP systems, the reputation system to become a name in Palm City. And then the daytime um, meter is basically just cash. So you can get cash to then go and spend on cars or car parts, but you have to be a specific level of reputation to get better cars and get better car parts. Does that make sense so far? It sounds like a need to speed game to me. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Like it's, it's good, but it's not great. Um, and I've run into a bunch of bugs right now. Um, and it's almost like at nighttime, even on easy settings. Cause like I've played a million games. I have no qualms saying I'm playing this on easy then. Um, you do one race, you get a whole bunch of reputation and you basically have to drive to a safe house to bank it in the evening. And if you run into a cop, like the map's not that open. So you have to kind of just race through this city to try to evade them. And I think like the last time I was playing was probably like an hour before we recorded, I totaled seven cop cars, but I always had four cop cars chasing me at one time. So eventually because your car takes damage and you can only repair it three times at night, Like, you just can't evade the cops. You can't, like, wreck the cops until they don't chase you anymore. Like, you eventually will just get caught. And then all the reputation you've earned just goes away. So it's like, do I even bother with the risk-reward system of trying to bang more reputation? Or do I just do a race, bank the points, get the reputation, and keep progressing? Like, and it's fun to evade the cops, but eventually it becomes not fun to evade the cops. Because they just keep coming at you. So I don't know if I like it. It it's, sounds like you
1: thing. don't like it, but I'll wait for your actual review when you have a
0: <laughs> But I've never tried to the I've never tried to just bank the points and just, you know, like progress little by little. I've always tried to like go big or go home. So like maybe it's just the way I'm playing it's wrong. But I also feel like you should be able to play it more than one way. Probably.
1: I think maybe if you didn't understand the game. Uh I'll just oh, thought. <laughs> Too, Too soon?
0: And on that on that note, let's talk about Death Stranding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you played Death Stranding?
0: Oh fuck, Ben! <laughs> have I ever played Death Stranding? Jesus Christ! Um, let me preface this by saying, if you like Hideo Kojima, you are more than welcome to like Death Stranding. I gave Bloody Metal Gear Solid Five a nine. I went and looked today because I'm like, no one's questioned me on that yet. It's because I liked Metal Gear Five. It was like not Ground Zero so much, and not the start of Phantom Pain, but it, like I liked most of the core gameplay loop of five when you actually got to go to places and like muck around with combat and stealth. But anyway, that's, we're not talking about that. We're talking about death stranding, Mm. which is literally a 50 hour game where you play courier taking packages from one place to the other, feathering the L2 and R2 buttons. So you don't fall over most of the time until you get attributes where you can do that less And then you get vehicles, so you can just, like, drive off into the sunset. And then, like, immediately after, Kojima says, no, you can't use the cars anymore because you're going to scale a mountain. And technically, I guess I'm breaking embargo because I'm talking about things past episode three of episode double digits. Um, It's a frustrating game around every corner with cutscene after cutscene after cutscene after cutscene after allegory that Kojima thinks that he's, like, expertly woven, but it's just, like, smashing you over the head with it, like, oh, America needs connecting, America's disconnected, we need to connect people, like, I, I get it, if there was any aspect of show rather than tell, I would be on board, but it's just, it's so self-indulgent like it it is literally self-indulgent it is kojima who has come out since saying he wants to make films like he's made a film that has some video game in it but he forgot to make the video game bit fun is the best way of describing it i'm so sick of talking about death stranding ben you've read the review do you want to ask me questions or steer me to a specific topic i don't even know anymore like i just want death stranding to be over
1: i will say that i read your review uh I skimmed through a couple of others and generally looked at the Metacritic. So I think the meta score is about 83 or something. Um, you are on a 3.5, which I think is what it sounds like it is, having not played it. And all the people yeah. commenting who hate you and all the people who... There's a lot of people on your side too. None of them have, uh, have played it. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think a lot of people, come release, I think a lot more people will side with you based on what you and everyone else is saying. And I'm frankly shocked by some of the scores other people are giving it because every review I've read has said it's boring. A lot of them explicitly say it's not fun. Do not play this. 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10. I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I think there's a massive level of people are terrified of PlayStation specifically. If this wasn't a PlayStation and wasn't a Kojima game, I think we'd be getting a lot more threes and fours. Um If it even just wasn't one of them, I think they'd be getting a lot more fives. People are terrified of upsetting both of those, but especially PlayStation. They, yeah, they're just too worried. People don't want to be the one to say uh, this AAA big massive PlayStation 4 exclusive from Hideo Kojima is bad. So they, even people like IGN, who IGN's view is pretty scathing, and they gave it a 6.8. Doesn't make, that's, oh, but that's IGN. Well, and people.
0: Sorry, shouldn't say that.
1: But comments on that were people saying, oh, it's good to see a truthful review, not giving it a 9 because it's a PlayStation game. The review to me did not read 6.8, it read more like a 3.5, but he didn't say that. It's just, I'm actually quite disappointed in the general game critic sphere, and I think a lot of people, including the people saying, oh, the game's not broken, you can't give it a score this low. When they play it, I think they're going to be disappointed. And I think there's gonna be people who force themselves to sit through fifty hours of horrible game because they wanna justify to themselves this was worth my money, even though they hate it. No, I could be wrong. I've not played it either. But that's just Well Yeah.
0: and I have. Um, Weirdly, in the NDA, there was like an actual stipulation that said you must finish this game before you give it a score. Um, To which Edge magazine didn't have time to finish it before publication. They said we can't review it. Like, fair enough. I am 100% convinced that if I gave this game a 3.5 and didn't have the screenshot of the final trophy, I would have some sort of legal action against me by Sony at this point. So... And that, I've been accused of not finishing the game, and I will put up that screenshot on the 11th of November, because there are so many little embargo dates as part of this review, it's insane. So the game comes out on the 8th, we can't talk about anything past episode 3 until the 11th of November, which I've kind of already broken, but it's hard not to break it in some little aspect. Um, no screenshots, no video past episode 3. Until the 11th of November so far It's just like a a super weird thing
1: Once the game's before release That's fair enough Um, But once it's out there It's out there So a streamer can come along And stream the whole game on day one They go and buy it themselves They can do what they want So I think Sony know this is a bad game And they've done some excellent PR and marketing To
0: spin it up to a high score Did you Um, see the Rick and Morty thing Ben? There was a Rick and Morty thing Was there? yeah there was um like and like no no i I think I honestly do believe you are right. I read a lot of those reviews as well, especially after being like just inundated with like abuse over the week, and like like my my best quote from Metacritic as part of the metacritic quote like before you even click into the review says it's not fun, three point five out of five, so they gave it a seven out of ten for not being fun, whatever like that's that's up to people. I feel like I felt. Like I wanted to bash my head against a brick wall for the 50 hours that I played or 45 to 50 hours that I played. But I feel like the 2,200 words I wrote about it is very representative of my experience. So I'm 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 absolutely fine with what I wrote. If people wanted to say the same kind of thing and give it a higher score, whatever. Um, I feel like the tide is going to turn quite a bit come Friday when people... To experience the game for themselves, and by all means, absolutely do it. Especially in Australia, you can like take that game back to EB Games. Especially if you buy it physically after I can't remember how many days, but you have like a little bit of a grace period there. Seven days, Um, yeah. GameStop in America, they don't do the same kind of thing as Australia does. But if you buy the game, you can return it within forty-eight hours after launch to get full trade-in credit for the game. So whatever you pay for, you get in trade-in credit. Like if if you don't think you're going to hate it and you want to try it out, by all means, try it. It's just, I would not ever recommend it to anyone ever. It's not good. Um, I had something else I wanted to say, but I just, I don't know. Like this week has been, I've almost been in tears How or I'm, it, like, I've been laughing off my head. I have no idea what's going on.
1: Well, read the review if you want to see what it's about. I think it's a pretty succinct review. Um, I think it really matches the number is the main thing. A lot of people just skim down to the number, they read that and they just want to criticize straight away. Uh, but I think it really matched up, and I read it before you published it, and I thought that's exactly what it reads like to me, so yeah, most of the others I read did not match, and I know people get too obsessed with this, but to be on Metacritic, you have to give it a number, which is why we have to think about, does this make sense, does it fit the policy, and it does. Um, yeah. I think a few too many other sites did not, they got caught up in the let's not anger Sony camp as their main thing, so Anyhow.
0: Yeah, well, and like I I get phone calls from Sony with a 3.5 review for Death's Drowning, but I don't get phone calls from Sony about a positive review for Concrete Genie or for God of War or for Spider Man. So, like, it is what it is. That's just how it works. Um, I don't think I have to say it to people listening to this, but like, I didn't write it for clicks or for exposure. I wrote it because that was my experience with the game, and the words read right to the number. If you, if you like it, cool. Like, you're more than welcome to like it. I'm telling you that I don't like it and that I wouldn't recommend it. And I just happen to be the one writing the review. So it is what it is.
1: It's going to be interesting. Once more people have it, I think it's going to be a game. You heard a lot of dividing and polarizing and all those buzzwords. I think there's going to be a lot more people than they realize who really dislike it. So I know I do not want to play a 40-hour game, which was like a slog. Mm. Uh, and it is a lot of the most recent Sony big exclusives. So you've got a War, your Spider Man. They have been really well crafted single player experiences over like twenty hours that you can extend if you want. Uh, I think it's even stuff like Detroit, which was very linear. Um, I mean, I kind of got bored by the end of that, but I could see why people liked it. It's yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to be what people expect it to be.
0: Yeah. Oh, like the story in parts is art is really good. The visuals are absolutely amazing. Like it looks very pretty. There's like three biomes though. Like it's either green hilly place, snowy mountain, or like Rocky land. But like those three places are really pretty. Um, the idea of the strand this weird genre that kojima made it it's not it's like it's a video game mate you didn't invent anything um but there's this kind of cool notion that you can put things in the environment and other people can use them which is very cool and that is a really good example of how the world is connected and you can do good for other people without you know like maybe intending to but like your actions have consequences which can help other people and if he kojima found any way of Having that happen without having to beat you over the head with this notion of connection, without literal characters just banging on and on about connection, maybe... Well, not really, because the, the rest of the gameplay is super frustrating, but, like, there's so many things that could have happened. There was so much potential that could have been there, and it's just trivial and it's kojima thinking in my mind that he is amazing and like this is the perfect way to do this like no need to have anybody tell me that there's a better way or no need to have this critiqued because it's perfect um and if it it resonates with you more power to you but anyway but i (laughs) i would love to see people apologize come friday but i doubt that's gonna happen
1: i think we'll get a couple but we'll uh we'll see
0: i doubt it um are we done can we be done we are done uh nice
1: Yeah, that's all the big games, except for Call of Duty, which we've touched on briefly. Oh, yeah.
0: oh yeah. Um, Sorry, I got sidetracked by the Death Stranding. Let's talk about Call of Duty. I haven't finished it, but I've played a bunch of multiplayer and four missions or so of the campaign. How about you?
1: Well, you've played all those games we just talked about in the last four weeks, and I've played only Call of Duty. So, uh, granted, I've only been back for a week, and it was the game that came out, so I played it do better ben come <laughs> on
0: work harder jesus
1: well i know regular listeners would have expected that i was reviewing it but we cannot because activision did not want to give any early access which is actually pretty standard for call of duty um but very annoying and we have decided to not cover it um which i think is yeah. really fair screw them
0: as part of a survivor review policy which says we don't want to, Oh, and like I guess the background is we find that reviews don't get read after a game comes out or after an embargo has passed. So if we don't have enough time to actually play the game, think about it for a split second, write a review, polish a review, and publish a review, we're not going to do it anymore. And I think that's good for our mental well being says the guy who played 8000 video games but with lead time so that's yeah. fine but like when you try to throw a, a call of duty instant release into the mix or a pokemon instant release into the mix it's a straw too far it's too a it's straw t- too what's the what's the saying the straw uh, that broke the camel's back
1: that's the one i would say the only obvious exception would be if you had something which was properly online so like a destiny style game You can't really do that pre-release because it just there's no one to play with. It's not proper environment. So there's stuff like that I think we'd still consider. Um, Oh,
0: that's like a break point, like a Need for Speed Heat. Really, like Need for Speed Heat came out early access on PC on the fifth, and that's when we got code. But like I could start a rolling review in progress with the aim of hitting it for Friday. Anyway,
1: we're talking about code. Call of Duty. Uh, I finished it uh, the campaign once and. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, it's a pretty easy thousand gamer score platinum trophy if you can get through the veteran um, campaign. It's. I think I saw something from David Milner, a former game informer editor, and uh-huh. he pretty much said it's not a fun game, and that's why it's good because most Call of Duty games are very tight, linear, controlled things. There's a big set piece. You crash your helicopter. There's explosions, and most of that is still here, but scaled back a little bit and what it really shoves down your face is kind of here's what war is potentially really like you have to confront kids being killed you have to confront you yourself play as a kid at one point and you've got to stab like this big man to save yourself um so it's a bit more personal it's a bit more reality of war which i think spec ops is probably the most um like game to kind of relate that to so we don't see that a lot you don't really expect it from call of duty i think they built it up to be more controversial than it is i don't think it's quite as groundbreaking as they kind of um said it was gonna be at launch, but it is definitely a different tone. It's much darker. Um but I really like it. It's a different direction. It's very far removed from the kind of crazy villain Kevin Spacey that we got about five years ago. So that's where Call of Duty was going then. <laughs> Obviously we can no sky. No longer we can yes. <laughs> um but yeah so it's it's a different type of campaign. I didn't find it too unsettling because you know, it's a game at the end of the day. I don't think it's quite as emotionally invested as, as Spec Ops was, but yeah, it's definitely a, a very dark and real game. Um, but I really enjoyed the campaign. That said, I think the levels are designed really well. I think the veteran mode is probably worth playing on because it's, it gives you an actual challenge. Um, but isn't as punishing as some of the last ones, so you can do it.
0: Yeah. So, I remember mm. playing the original Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, not Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4, mm. um and playing it on like as hardened or whatever the top one is. It's veteran. probably this veteran, I don't know. Yeah. Um and it was like sometimes it was a slog and like just one shot from nowhere and you were toast. Um the So far list. I've only played it up to like level f- or episode 4 or something but it it feels like you can make a mistake or two and not have to start can, from the checkpoint absolutely. again.
1: So there's even some trophies and achievements for doing things like using a certain gun only and um, I did most of those playing on veteran, even though true achievements will tell you play on recruit because it's the only way to do this. I actually just thought it made it funner <laughs> for some of them because it gives you a secondary aim, um, and it was all doable pretty much. So oh, yeah. I have
0: not I've not done much so far, but I've I've killed I've killed only bad guys, not civilians in one level yeah, that's in on veteran and got an achievement and carried a cinder block from one level to there like one the start of the level to the end of the level for an achievement on veteran yes make sure you're still holding it when you do the ladder because i did not the first time
1: i threw it down the hole and then i didn't get the achievement very annoying uh (laughs) the only one i had to go back and do on recruit was take down a helicopter with a molotov cocktail and that is a bit too much on veteran uh, because that's a ridiculous way to take down a helicopter but yes so anyway i we're going a bit too far talking about the achievements but I actually quite like them as opposed to the Black Ops 4 ones which are horrible um, yeah I think the campaign's good I haven't played Spec Ops at all but I played a fair bit of multiplayer um, likewise I would probably say it's my second or third probably third favourite this generation probably the two Sledgehammer games multiplayers I've enjoyed more um, yeah. but it's back to a good pace for um, Infinity Ward they, they know how to play at this Modern Warfare level um we said in mobile playing the the sound of footsteps is way too powerful at the moment because you can hear people around you from a long way off and you pretty much look at the mini map and see is there a blue dot there which means it's my teammate no then you know there's someone around you and they know the same about you so i think it does promote camping a little bit too much but beyond that i think the the combat loop is really good um the weapons are good it takes away the bloat of all the massive unlocks that we had last year which seemed to just dominate everything um with free maps coming, I do get the feeling that they've saved a few good ones. So this is the first year. They're not going to charge you like 80 bucks to get the season pass. You get the maps for free. And it feels like there's probably a few missing, like they would normally have a few more good ones. And I suspect that's why. I think they've got them. They're ready to go. They just wanted to save them to make it feel like you get this free update later because they're it, probably lacking a couple of good ones. But besides from that, it's all good. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess the, the, like the standard kind of cod fair. Um, I definitely agree about the footstep thing. There's also like this weird um thing where your character will call out enemies and just like scream like, and it's just really distracting. And it's like, oh, target sighted or whatever. Um, and it's like it's too loud and it's too distracting from everything else that's happening. There's so many like sensory triggers that are happening all at once and it's like i'd maybe just old but i'm i'm struggling with that um gunfight is a new mode and also there's like i don't know what it's called it's the battlefield mode the fake battlefield (laughs) mode (laughs) um i i like i really like both of them actually gunfight's really cool um because i like i don't play a lot of the cod multiplayer i've had things to do ben um but i feel like there's all like there's a meta that i don't understand with um the multiplayer so far, but gunfight kind of takes that meta away because you spawn, it's 2v2, you spawn with a specific set of weapons, everybody has the same, and you just gotta make do with what you have. Um, and I kind of like that because it's, you know, like, it's, it's not like I just pick this shotgun and do whatever. It's, you know, like you have a handgun this time, you have a sniper rifle this time. Um, it's really fun. Um, it can also be frustrating, I guess, depending on who you're paired with, but I, think it's pretty good so far i think
1: it's good it depends who you're paired with and who you're against because once i and this goes into one of the other features i got matched up with three other people all on pc playing with keyboard and mouse and so i just had to mm. be like well nope i'm no chance in this playing on xbox with controller so while it's awesome that there's cross play there is no option to say controllers only all you can say is you want no crossplay, no cross play or you're all in so i think that's something they could look at uh, i know they've done it on purpose they say if they say ideally we'll match you with someone using the, the same control configuration as you if that can't be done then we'll broaden it so basically you'll get matched with a PC player um yeah that's that's a problem for gunfight especially
0: and this is a tangent but not and like i ben i'm going to bring it back to destiny 2 can you imagine um because i've been playing on the pc version more often than not lately i've been playing cuz i ca- i cannot do keyboard and mouse i cannot make my brain make W-A-S-D makes sense. Like, I just... I look like a five-year-old child. I recorded a video at work where I just had my keyboard and mouse, like, jumping to get to a specific thing to show people where a secret was. And, like, I look like I have, like, motor dysfunction. I look... it's, It's awful. Anyway, I use a controller to play Destiny on PC, and I am holding my own in the Crucible because... And as someone kind of mentioned, like you have to be really good with the keyboard and mouse to make the keyboard and mouse work. Whereas like most people are kind of average, and I probably play more games more than most people, so I should probably have a little bit of an edge with a controller against someone who's kind of like a casual against a keyboard and mouse. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's true for Call of Duty, of course, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how it works.
1: It does tell you what platform your opponents on or teammates and what um, control scheme they're using. So normally I'm either Xbox and PC or just Xbox and we're all on controller. It's going been be a couple times people have been on keyboard and mouse. Um, never had someone on PlayStation match up with me. So I don't know what that's about. It's apparently a thing that will happen, but it has not. So <laughs> I don't know why.
0: Well, and because there's like that uh, one year exclusive on some of the Spec Ops stuff on PS4. Oh, so, yeah. So you I haven't know, touched
1: that yet. True uh, Call
0: of Duty fans will play on PS4 apparently. I don't know
1: and the other mode ground war i actually i'm not that into it i think it's i probably should play it a bit more i've only played it a couple times but i just feel like if i want to play this i'll just play battlefield 5 like it's the same thing but better there like call of duty's version is the first time we've had proper vehicles in cod and they're just i don't really want to use them um i haven't given it enough time to be fair but yeah i just feel like this is call of duty copied basically the battle royale last year um well not basically they pretty much cloned PUBG, got out all the bugs and they made it into a good game. So now they've gone with copying um Battlefield and to be fair, Battlefield's copied heaps from CoD over the years, but yeah, I just I don't think we need this.
0: Yeah, like I've done pretty well in it so far when I've I've only played a couple of games, but it's like a Battlefield-esque giant map, you know, control points, capture those, burn tickets kind of mode, but It's weird because I've had to actively tell myself to not play like a battlefield mode and to play like a COD mode in a battlefield map, if that makes sense. So like, I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing by playing COD style and I do well, probably because everybody else is playing the map COD style as well and not playing like you should in battlefield. Whereas if this was a battlefield map, like everyone I think would be far more reserved in how they attack it's have to be more,
1: more attacking in COD definitely and people don't play as a team even though you do still have squads it's the exact mirror of Battlefield but the squad system in Battlefield works really well you have the leader pinging where you should go and most of the time people do it um, and you get rewarded, you get XP, you get extra points for doing that people are not going to do that in Call of Duty and so it just, the team cohesion isn't quite there so yeah, as you say, you have to play it differently
0: yeah, I think that's fair um, are we done now?
1: Now we're done. That's pretty <laughs> much all the games for the year. Uh, there left. are
0: a couple that come out in November. I don't know about December because I haven't written the uh, games for December post yet, but um, November we still have in front of us Need for Speed Heat uh, that comes out on Friday alongside uh, Death Stranding on the 8th of November. We've got on the 15th uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Pokemon Sword and Shield and there's some other stuff around, but, like, those are the big ones. And then I think we're pretty much, like, that's it, Ben. That's 2018. That's it.
1: Well, I am so, very uh, much looking forward to Star Wars, so I'm, I've am i only played 20 minutes at E3, but it was a strong 20 minutes, so if the whole game's like that, I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah, Pokemon's always fun, so...
0: Yeah, sounds good. Um, We'll see how we go. Uh, I think the game awards... We've sent our nominations through. We can't say what we've nominated, obviously, but we'll get to vote on that in a couple days or something i'm not sure the awards are in december uh following that we'll do our own game of the year stuff at the site but we'll have a couple podcasts before then theoretically who knows we're pretty sporadic ben and i don't even care we'll figure it out um but check out the site for all the reviews please read the words if you want to have like a civil discussion i'm totally game but if you just want to be a jerk about it i'll probably just ignore you uh ben how can we find you on social media
1: I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. Uh, and yourself?
0: Uh, Dash Gamer. At Dash Gamer. <laughs> no, wait, that's not right. Um, I am au on most things. And, of course, Deviver is the handle for everything else. Thank you for listening. If you're listening, you're probably okay with uh, Ben and I. If not, if you're just listening this to be, like, enraged, I hope we've adequately pissed you off. Thanks for listening. Uh, ben, I will see you... On the COD battlefield.
1: Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs)
0: Bye.